1: To another episode of Purple Insider, Matthew Collard here, and joining me on the show, a man that I needed to make it all make sense, Judd Zolgad. You know, Judd, I, I said to you today, mm-hmm. this is where only us can do this. Like there are many, many great <laughs> guests that I have on the show, many insightful and thoughtful people, many smart people who are gifted in specific ways. Some played in the NFL, some cover the team, but there is only one Collar-Zolgad combination when things go completely off the rails (laughs) from what we ever could have expected. And as we're sitting here, the Vikings' first two moves in the Adolfo-Mensa era – are to extend Kirk Cousins (laughs) and do the least analytical thing possible in giving a huge contract to a middling quarterback. And then tonight, just before we hit record, they sign Harrison Phillips, a defensive tackle, of which last time I looked at the roster, they already had two expensive defensive tackles. Um, So that's the goal of this show, Judd, is to make it make sense. Where do you want to start with making it make sense?
0: Oh, let's start with the quarterback. Let's rip the Band-Aid off right away, and let's start with Kirk Cousins.
1: Okay, tell me the Zolgadian theory then. Tell me how you come to the conclusion, especially with reported offers from teams, including the Indianapolis Colts, to the Vikings. So yeah. people, have, people have sent me a lot of different theories, but one of the theory, theories was that nobody was offering anything for Kirk. But that's not the case because there are reports out there, including from Tom Pelissero, ESPN, like everybody has said, no, people were reaching out to the Vikings. So what is the theory that you have of why the Vikings not only returned to Cousins, which I understand on some level, but returned to him and gave him everything he ever could have wanted?
0: So my theory is this. My theory is that ownership i'd like to start there not with crazy not with cabin. i want to start with people that own this team who by the way when i when i covered this team for the star tribune and they bought it in 2005 i thought did a marvelous job for the most part of hiring their football people and i think that this lasted into your tenure with me uh did a marvelous job of hiring people and then allowed them to do their job but Mark Wolf said two things right right around the time that all of the changes were made, and I really liked one, and I didn't like one. The thing I didn't like was this notion, and I couldn't tell if it was lip service at the time. I now think that it wasn't, Matthew, about we could be competitive. We're going to be competitive. Okay, that's not how sports really work. Um, just because you take a step back does not mean that you automatically become the Jets or the Lions. That's like the perception. You're going to be the Jets or the Lions. No, those teams are especially horse bleed. Um, I thought that might have been lip service. I now don't think that. The second thing that Mark said that I really liked, but they're not doing it is we're going to change the culture because as cliched as that m- might be, and, you know, God bless him, a guy like our guy, Royce, he hates the word culture. It actually does apply in sports and change, but changing the culture, And this is where I think the Wilfs now being involved really hurts. They don't understand that change of the culture does not mean that the head coach saying, good morning, are you going to have waffle or pancakes in the lunchroom? It does not mean walking through the the hallways and saying, I'm open-minded to everybody here today. As you know, Matthew, the most important place the culture exists is one place, the locker room. The locker room. Um, And Kirk Cousins, whether fair or not, I felt should have been a, a what's the word I'm looking for victims too strong, but Kirk cousins should have been, you needed to trim certain guys out of that room to create a new culture. Um, I keep saying this now, and I believe this to be the truth. And I think it's a very, very big blind spot as the wolves continue to pr- try and put their um, footprint on this team and its moves. This basically screams to me two things. One is, Zimmer was the antichrist. This is all Mike's fault. Mike was terrible. Now, Mike is at fault. Don't get me wrong, but he's not the only one. And the second thing I don't get now is, why did you fire Spielman if you were going to basically tell his uh, the people that replaced him, you're going to keep guys? And last thing, this is the second consecutive year that it appears that ownership was approached about getting rid of the quarterback and said, No not unless you can improve it. And of course, they're like, well, we don't know that we can, but we'd like to, you know, at least try. Now with Spielman, I sort of got putting his feet to the fire and saying, Rick, Kirk was your guy, dude. winner or else? And he's gone. Sort of get that one. But it feels like Quazy to a certain point too has now been told, oh no, if you can't improve on Kirk, no, 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 don't trade Kirk. Um, so I, I was looking forward to the change in culture And what the Wilfs are going to realize is they ain't going to get it by leaving the locker room status quo.
1: So uh, here's the bizarre thing about all of this, and it might all tie back to ownership, but, I don't think that the owners of the Minnesota Vikings really understand football that well. That's always been my perception. And certainly, if they're pushing them to make these moves, as I've heard, as you've heard, and other people have, that ownership would not approve some of the deals that the Vikings got back. Now, that's not to let anybody off the hook, because if you're Kevin O'Connell and you're Mensa, Adolfo Mensah, you took these jobs and you talked to ownership beforehand and you knew where they stood on the matter of the quarterback so if you took the job knowing that it was possible you wouldn't be able to do what you wanted to do Uh, you get no excuses and that's assuming that they wanted to trade him. But if they were taking offers and negotiating deals, then at least we know that it was something on the table that they weren't just saying, Oh, we're locked into Kirk. We love him more than anything. And he's our guy for life. If you're shopping him and having those conversations with the Indianapolis Colts, then that means that's something you were strongly considering. And if ownership is telling, you no, then I don't understand this dynamic I don't understand why you would hire someone with the Wall Street background and the analytics, and this is the smartest guy in football. Just look at him, just roll him out there. I've never seen a first press conference ever that was all about how smart the guy is. But that was Quesi Mensa But then you're gonna tell him what to do from the from the get-go. I, I just cannot. Uh, wrap my head around this if that's the case if they would not allow him to do something that he wanted to do then why did you hire him and why didn't you just stick with rick spielman and and that's uh, th- 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 and, and i think that that's what everybody is coming up with here is the same conclusion of okay so they have a vision for how you win at football and whoever the gm has to execute the vision of the owners is this what we're supposed to be taking away here because that's how it looks. It looks like, oh, we didn't stop the run well enough last year. Sign another defensive tackle, even though you already had two of the fattest men on earth and they couldn't stop the run because the whole defense wasn't any good. And there's right. no defensive position that just changes an entire defense. This team is not a defensive tackle away. It's seven players on defense away. It's, right. it, it's not a guard away, which, of course, they're reportedly losing out on guards the yearly tradition of the vikings allegedly being in on guards in and not being able to afford them right like who ever would have win. predicted this if only anyone could have find the person responsible for this like my gosh it doesn't and so for me though it's i want to know and i don't know that i'll know what percentage is The ownership has a vision for how they want to win. And they told them, you have to go execute it. What percentage is the people in the building actually still belong to Rick. So if you think about the front office, these are not Quasi Adolfo Mensah's scouts, pro scouts, personnel people. These are the same people as Rick. And if you come in and say, I'm going to collaborate and listen to everybody and do what everybody else says, well, they're going to come up with the same conclusions as they did before. Like, that's that's what I don't... uh, um, understand it's like if you're quasi at mensa i thought that the whole collaboration thing was just sort of a thing you say so is that yeah. like a real thing because i thought it was just a thing you say and then you go do all the analytics stuff that you're here to do
0: well first of all i think it is the and that's the problem with these pressers is trying to wade through the sewage of what they mean because i thought mark Wilf was saying oh we're going to be competitive to continue the ticket sales. The season tickets are going out. We're going to be competitive. Um, but I mean, this was a this was a prime territory to take a step back. And that doesn't mean you become terrible, but it does mean that you change your roster. And the Vikings aren't. Like right now, they're operating b- basically at status quo. It's remarkable. Rick Spielman would have cut more deals and cut more of his guys by now than th- these guys have. The other thing that is somewhat I don't know concerning is the, the right word is. I do believe that Kevin O'Connell wants to work with Kirk, uh, which is, again, why I think O'Connell was brought in, and I'm not quite sure exactly who said that's our, our guy. But, Matthew, to go back to the whole thing, the whole process, okay, we both know for a fact that there were like seven people in that room assessing the candidates, and, and there was uh, – and this whole collaboration thing – in pro sports, this is, a, is I can't articulate enough how incredibly dangerous this idea is. You can't make any decisions if you have people serving, by the way, different agendas. Different agendas. This is pro sports. This is not about this is not about political correctness across the board. I'm not suggesting untoward things, but I am saying at the end of the day, somebody has to say, ladies and gentlemen, this is the this is my decision. This is what we are doing. Um, and this feels like, you know, let's, oh, what do you think? What do you, th- you know, um, I'm not trying to belittle collaboration, but I am saying if this is the new thing, they're going to find out rather quickly. It does not work. Not, not in pro sports. You know that. I know, know that. And it's somewhat disappointing that there aren't more people in that building saying, what are we doing here? What are we doing here? Like, oh, we can't find something beyond Kirk, so we can't get rid of Kirk. Huh? And so That's the, the part that makes the least amount of
1: sense. And I have been gathering my evidence for an article here. Uh, and oh, like so I'm going gonna, gonna to present it to you, Judd, um, as if it was, uh, say, law and order. And I was presenting a oh. case to you and you get to play the role that I got to play, which was uh, to be a juror, which I, I was glad to tell you about when we had lunch. That but, was awesome, actually. Um, it really was quite the experience. So, okay, this the this group of following quarterbacks have something in common. Marcus Mariota, Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield, Mitch Trubisky, Ryan Fitzpatrick and Tyrod Taylor. What they have in common is that every one of them, well, cheap and in good circumstances, has produced an offense as good as the Vikings were last year at quarterback. Well, well, cheap. Also, every one of them, except for Teddy, has produced during their time as a quarterback in the NFL, a QBR, which is ESPN stat that gives you an idea of your chances to win when you play a certain way, has produced a QBR better in a single season than Kirk Cousins four years here with the Minnesota Vikings.
0: Look at you, Briscoe.
1: And the point is that it is hardly impossible to come up with competent, cheap quarterback play in the NFL. It is difficult to come up with elite play. It always has. It always will be. There will never be a model for picking out the Patrick Mahomes in the draft and then having the guy become a superstar. That will never happen. But, there has been a model in recent years with the system to find competent quarterback play, whether it's in free agency, that's cheap. Tyrod Taylor cost $800,000 the year he did it with the Buffalo bills. Mitch Trubisky signs with Pittsburgh today. His deal is more than reasonable. It's like 14 million or something. There's there's not a whole lot there. Teddy signed for 6 million bucks. It's not like these mediocre quarterbacks are, exactly drawing a bunch of uh, cash from the market. It's they're not insane prices and all of them could operate effectively as bridge quarterbacks to remain competitive. If you give them Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Irv Smith, Delvin cook, sign a freaking guard. Like all these things could add up to you having the 14th best offense. Again, you figure out who can play for you on the defensive side. A lot of young guys there that haven't gotten opportunities Xavier Woods leaves today for Carolina. Okay, Cam Bynum, let's see if you can play. All of that sounds like a good idea to me. What doesn't sound like a good idea is the same stuff that you have done for four straight years that has resulted in absolutely no success. Now, I'll say this, Zulgad, if the Vikings had signed Kirk to the same extension and then they had come out today on the first day of free agency and they had jettisoned, feeling cook we'll see michael pierce is probably gone delvin yeah. tomlinson if they just started dealing everybody or cutting everybody yep. and they and they signed two guards another receiver whatever offensive yes. guy another tight end get yes. a blocker yes. or something i'd be like okay you know what i'm sort of in like I'm not in, in the way that I think you're going to win a Super Bowl, but I'm kind of intrigued at least, yeah. at least you would be leaning into Kirk cousins in a way that you never have before. Now I'm seeing John Feliciano sign elsewhere. He's just like a, you know, journeyman guard. The guard market is kind of done. You've got a few centers left. Most of the guys uh, who are really good, the Ryan Jensen's and uh, there's another one have signed elsewhere. hmm Uh, the receivers are now really expensive. So you can't see them getting another receiver because they have no cap space to spend the good. Yeah. The young ones are the old ones are out there, right? What's so what's the answer of of why you're not at least taking a different tact that would allow the fans to be like, Hey, maybe we'll find out if Kevin O'Connell and Kwesi lean into Kirk cousins and get more out of him than Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman ever did.
0: So this is where I'm very confused And and it goes beyond in fairness Well beyond Kirk So like this is, this is not I'm about to cross the border into a non-Kirk discussion <clears throat> And it's where I'm really Really at a loss What's their plan Like you have a new GM You have a new coach You I would expect have more changes Coming which is awesome That's good What's your plan Because this is doing, as far as I can tell, what Rick did, which is a two-track plan, which is we want to win now. We're all in to win now, but we're going to preserve the future. Okay, so let's talk about that. You're all in. You're all in now with a team that proved the last two years, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that the window is closed. And you can add things here and there, but it's closed. Um, but you're still going to keep all your draft picks. And here's what really confuses me. Kevin O'Connell just came from a team that absolutely 100% at some point in time here, I don't know when, it might be next year, it might be two years from now, has mortgaged his future. They have no draft picks left. But what do they say? We want to win. And we don't care how we do it, we want to win now. Which, to what you just said, is what I thought we would see... Worst case, because I don't agree with it, but worst case today, which is, Adam, sorry, dude, you're good, but you're gone. And by the way, Thielen at his age now would get about $12. Like like guys like that are getting released right and left or traded for seventh round picks. Now, the young crew of receivers are being paid, but Thielen's injury prone and he ain't young. Um, tough decision on Cook. But, Dalvin, you're really, really good. And here's the problem. You're a running back, dude. Sorry. You play the wrong spot. But instead, the Vikings are keeping right now these guys. And they're keeping Kirk. And are they really going to run this entire thing back? And last thought, and this is what frustrates me, okay? Because I do think that there are some brilliant executives out there. Like, I really admire. Like, really smart on the ball. Unfortunately, right now, we're not seeing that. And we didn't see it from Rick. And Matthew, when we work together, and I will always go back to this because there are examples, well, are you guys going to apply for the GM job? Well, actually, yes, I might. Um, 2019, the Minnesota Vikings were not great, but they were in the window still. And I think we we talked about this last time that we did a podcast together. Jalen Ramsey wants out of Jacksonville. And we sat on the air together. When he was in Jacksonville, unhappy, and said, you know, these cornerbacks aren't great now, but this team's still damn good. Make it happen, Rick. Trade a first round. Who can, Trade two first round picks because you got a chance to win, which they, by the way, did. And Rick said, no, no, no. I serve the now master and the future one. I can't trade. I can't make that that trade. The Rams did. They won a Super Bowl last season. So the point being is you can be the most analytically smartest Wall Street dude in the world, and that's awesome for you. I'm proud of you for that. But do you have the ability to sense the moment, pull the trigger? And if you take this job too, tell your bosses, this is what I'm doing. Like if you're a Wall Street guy, correct me if I'm wrong here, is that not the – the whole thing of, like, the boiler room, like, we're doing this. And the Wilfs are like, but what, What, what were they? no, we're doing this. Not, yeah, let's collaborate. Like, seriously, what's going on here? And why can we see this? And I don't think this is tough right now. Why can we see this so clearly? And they, I, I think they're struggling. I really do. I'm not even pointing fingers. I think they're struggling to see a direction. That bothers me. Folks, support for Purple Insider is brought to you by Manscaped.
1: They are the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools, and they recently launched the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle Performance Package. Four million men have trusted Manscaped, and you can check out their exclusive offer for 20% off and free shipping with the code Manscaped. 20insider at manscaped.com. Manscaped sent me the performance package, and I could say that it's a game changer, especially when it comes to their nose and eyebrow hair trimmer called the Weed Whacker. I'm a unibrow guy, so I need to keep that in check for all the YouTube videos and streams that we do. You've probably also heard of the lawnmower as well, and they've come out with a 4.0 version, which is waterproof. It has an LED light and advanced skin safe technology, so you don't have to worry about any nicks or cuts. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code 20insider, that's 20insider, at manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com, the code 20insider. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped.
0: With threats to our nation waiting around
1: every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. It's not just you and me, Jeff. And a rant. I mean, uh, so when you talk about um, you know, the whole like, oh, if you guys were so smart and that sort of thing, but I actually think that there's a lot of wisdom in crowds. And I don't mean crowds of nut jobs who yell at everyone <laughs> online all day. I don't. mean, I mean, you I mean, mean Twitter. This, I mean, this though, the Vikings fan base ha- is vast as all fan bases are. And I mm-hmm. think that. The, the style in which you and I have done our jobs has attracted a lot of fans from backgrounds where they care a lot about building teams and, you know, draft picks and stuff. I feel like if you're in, invested in a show like this, that is so specific into bringing on pro football focused people and former quarterbacks and all these sorts of things that you're looking for like a next sort of level. So whether you have a job as a lawyer or you drive a truck you think the same way you think about this, like you're the type of person that goes onto the Madden game and starts tanking your first year. So you can draft number one overall, right? <laughs> like you're, you're, you're a builder, basically. If yeah. you listen to the show, that's how I think of it. Sure. And so I think all these people who have emailed me, DM would me, tweeted me, which is in the hundreds over the last two days. Uh, and I've tried to get back to everyone, but you know, I think, what they're all seeing is the same thing because they've all looked at teams and how they're built for many, many years. Like that's the thing that intrigues many fans about football. It's not necessarily did they beat the Panthers on Sunday that this is usually some of their favorite days of the year, because it's all of the puzzle pieces fitting together and the path that you're forging. And that is what gets people excited about football. I know that that is the case for me for sure. And when you see it not make sense, I I think that there's a lot of people who are exactly right, who, who can see it better from their own seats because a, they don't have owners to serve. And when you don't have anyone to serve, you can see through clear eyes for one, you don't have a short contract as a general manager, which a four year contract is shorter than most average uh, general manager contracts. Mm -hmm. And you also aren't a former quarterback who thinks I can fix this quarterback. I know the answers. I just came from McVay, but we don't, from the outside, we don't know that you're McVay. And we also have been watching this quarterback. You have not I mean, that's another part of it is the person who's listening to the show, who has paid attention to everything they've done, knows more about this because they've been here and they've seen it. And they've known exactly how it's gone. And they know the difference between the numbers and what's actually happened. And they know the impact that the cap has had on the rest of the roster. Everyone also knows that if Kirk Cousins was playing for $500,000, you could probably build a Super Bowl team but he's not. And you can't. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think that there is probably a combination of a bunch of different things here of an edict to continue to try to win of the idea that you presented, which I think is totally right where it became bleep this guy about Mike Zimmer. That's the bad man. That's the man who caused all these problems. It (laughs) wasn't any of you guys. And trust me, the players were very willing to line up and say that now I agreed with a lot of things they said, but this whole, we had a meeting with all the players. I guarantee you those players told the ownership. Oh, we're close guys. It was, it was Zim. It was Zim. Don't give me a pay cut. It was Zim and uh, it wasn't my fault that the locker room was trash. It was Zim, but you know, here's something that that I took away once from uh, Kevin Arnovich. You know who he is? The writer? No covers basketball. Okay. He was on Zach Lowe's podcast once. And it was just, you know, I listened to Zach Lowe cause he's good. And he was talking about the culture of the Spurs and they had the Spurs way. Yep. And he said, you know what? That's great. Your culture is as good as your best player. Yep. And Tim Duncan was the culture. And in, in the NFL, the application is the quarterback is the culture. Right. And the culture may have been made worse by Mike Zimmer but the quarterback is the culture it's not it's not that you can't criticize zimmer or can't fire him he deserved it but if you're saying that was the bad man and that was the only reason we didn't win the F- super bowl last year then you have been hoodwinked to to a, a completely absurd level if you are the owners of this team that's
0: how but, i see it but that's what bothers me about mark wilf saying the culture Because he doesn't know what he's talking about then. And that's troublesome. That's what bothers me. Like he said, we are going to change the culture. He talked about the fact, But he's literally talking about the hallways of the executive offices. He's not talking about the locker room. He doesn't understand. You've covered different sports and sports for a long time. I have too. We both know that even if you don't want to assess blame, there are times locker rooms have to be cleaned out. And cleaned out means top players. Um, And it might not even be totally their faults. but resets in sports are incredibly important. And the Vikings had that that chance. And I mean, I'm literally sitting here saying, take a step back, I'm fine with that. Like today could have been, if the Vikings were doing this right, no big deal. We're not going to sign a lot of guys this year. Um, Kirk's going to be gone. Thielen's gone. Team's not going to be great next year, but we are resetting. Um, I'd be like, okay, cool. The problem now is today is a little bit alarming because you're telling us we're going to be good, but we can't sign guys and we're keeping most of the current guys. So, again, my question is what about the culture is changing? People are saying, I mean, just to go in depth here. The culture at your company might be, my boss said hi this morning. It was awesome. Joe never says hi, but today Joe is a changed man. And, <laughs> and he offered me a, a, a Danish too. And this is great. Okay, that's your job. And you know what? That's most of our lives. That's most of our jobs. But, and this is the advantage of being on the inside. And this is no disrespect to fans. But unless you're there, Matthew, you don't understand sports. Sports is a weird business. It's a really weird business with a lot of weird people and egos that are out of control every day of the week. And to think that Mike Zimmer, not, you know, I mean, and Kendricks. So here, so just to backtrack a bit too, here's what bothers me about Kendricks' song and dance. And I, by the way, think he's a a good guy. Like, it seems like he does a lot of good things. So this is not a, this is not an insinuation that he's a bad guy. But it's very convenient that he mentioned a fear-based culture after defending Mike and not saying a word about things at every turn. That's suspicious. Like if you're like if that's your platform, if you're going to be like it was a fear-based culture, then you better speak up before Mike is fired. Like if that's what you think, that's cool and that's fine and that's awesome. But to wait till Mike is literally in his car driving away? That No, I mean, that bothers me. That really does, because now it's like, yeah, he was at fault. Yeah, let's pile on Mike. I'm not defending Mike. I think Mike did, at the end, a lousy job. But Eric Kendricks was a leader, and it became very convenient for him at the 11th hour. Excuse my dogs here, barking. It became very convenient for him at the 11th hour to pile on. Um, If that's you, dude, then you should have said this months ago. And I know it might, I know you might get in trouble and I frankly don't care, but to wait until Mike's gone and now it's like fear-based culture. Well, hold on a second here. Cause that's a, that's a big indictment too. Like, that's not like Mike, wasn't that nice. O- O'Neill's comment was to me fine. You know, he, he didn't say hi. Okay. I think I don't care about that, but that's fine. But if you're literally a team captain and you're going to say, and you're going to say from a guy who defended you, by the way, for a long time, fear-based culture, you got to bring that up before he's fired, I think, and back it up. Or don't. But these are the type of things now that have become so easy to just blame Mike and, and, and convince the Wilfs, who own the team, who are supposed to be really, really smart, it was all his fault. I'm not buying that for one second and I am not in that building, but both of us are around that team enough to know their problems were widespread far more than one GM or one coach. And this is coming from a guy who believes that both got what they deserved and should have been fired.
1: Yeah. And Kendrick was telling the truth and everything that I've ever heard about Mike Zimmer is, you know, lines up with what Eric Kendrick said and what Brian O'Neill said. However, if that was only said to pass the buck to somebody else and say that our locker room problems or our, I mean, really locker room problems, (laughs) when you're good, there aren't locker room problems. Or, 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 you know how to solve them when there are in 2017, there were issues between players, but it just never became a thing because they were good and they had, Terrence Newman and Teddy Bridgewater and guys like that who were great veterans that got along with everyone and sort of bonded everybody together. And they had things like that. Um, And they also sort of um, in a way went against Mike by being together. Like they sort of uh, said, Oh, well, you know, screw him for saying that about It didn't happen
0: last year at all. And that's a problem,
1: right? That didn't happen last year. And so it's, isn't the onus also on you as the players, to come together and overcome whatever issues there might be well the thing was they they didn't have enough talent it's really that simple sports is not as complicated as these people make it sound oh we've got the algorithms and everything look i love data as much as anybody else (laughs) but look the rams are the best example what do the rams do what do they do they have the best defensive player maybe ever okay that's one number two is they have the best corner in the entire league they have two receivers who are all pro caliber they have a great a great coach for sure but they have the number one pass blocking offensive line last year does any of this sound like that might be the reason that they won (laughs) pro football focus had them as the best graded overall team in the nfl in the regular season meaning their players played better football than anybody else okay i'm not saying sean McVay wasn't great not saying he didn't dial up all the right things or anything else but the, that, what it comes down to is how did the Rams do it? They put together a ton of really good football players. It's amazing how that works. And so the question is for the Vikings is how do you, as a group here, Kevin O'Connell, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, put together, hold it, hold on, wait for it because it's going to be a mic drop, the
0: most good players you can. It's nuts, Judd. I just thought of it. And what does that do? That takes what? Time maybe? Time to yeah. do? Yep. You know, again, this is why at 19, you go give up two first round picks for Jalen Ramsey because you were closer then. Like, that's the chance that you take. That's what the Rams did. But the problem is people say, so I think people say, what did the Rams do? And then you tell them, well, here's what they did. They not only compiled some great talent, but they gave up a ton of picks and you get the, what? They gave up a ton of picks. Oh, no, 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 no. We can't do that. We have to keep our picks. Okay. Then you're not going to get what the Rams got. Um, the other thing that I would say that O'Connell is missing the boat on is this one. And I would, I'm going to guess right now, Kevin O'Connell was young as Kirk's quarterbacks coach in Washington in 17 and wasn't nearly as smart as Kevin O'Connell is now. And here's why. Go take a good long look. And you you are far more into to this than, than I am at the, at the advanced metrics and also the normal stats of one Matthew Stafford in 2021. People will say Matthew Stafford threw a bunch of interceptions. Terrible, terrible interceptions. Oh, my God, he threw a bunch of interceptions. Matthew Stafford did exactly what Sean McVay wanted him to do. And, yes, he threw a ton of picks relatively speaking for 2021, but he also threw a no look pass in the Super Bowl that took huge cojones to throw and he completed it. So my question is this, does Kevin O'Connell really think that Kirk cousins, like he has to start the year, in my opinion, by plopping down Stafford statistics in front of Kirk and saying, every one of these stats, including the bad ones might apply to you, dude, because I'm going to be asking you to do things and to make decisions that if you check and, and, to be clear to fans, the check down is not a called play. Right. So, like, so I call it a check down. KOC does not have, and, and to you know, I didn't think that he did a good job, but Clay K- Kubiak did not have a menu of check downs. Yeah, I'll take the kids' meal here and the check down meal here and the kids' meal here. So, the check down is Kirk saying, I can't make that throw. Um, so, if you put. Matthew Stafford's 2021 stats in front of Kirk and say, every one of these stats might apply to you. How do you think when push comes to shove, Kirk's going to digest that?
1: So like all of these things are conversations. He doesn't want the picks. I can tell you that. Of course he he doesn't. And he doesn't. He hates those picks. Yeah. He pushed back every single time they said, be more aggressive. And then he almost started doing it passive aggressively, which is amazing. Minnesotan and forcing balls downfield. that weren't going to work out. Here's a, I'll give you a crazy Matt Stafford thing though. And this makes the point is I'm going to read you a bunch of numbers. And then I want you to tell me what you notice about them. Okay. Okay. Uh, 81.6, 78.6, 77.8, 82.6, 82.0 82.0 and 80.7. Now, do those numbers sound like they're very similar to remarkably me? consistent very group close. of numbers. Right. Right. Uh, those are Matthew Stafford's pro football focus grades since 2016. This year, he didn't grade any differently than he has before. Why do you think it was that he performed better than he did before? I'm just, again, like, let's wait for it for everybody to gather their answers. And the answer is because the team was really good. That's why. <laughs> I mean, it's amazing how this works, uh, that he played very Matthew Staffordy He threw bad picks. He made crazy throws. He did all the things that we've seen him do before. He lost disappointing games for them that everyone, you know, will forget about because they won the Super Bowl. But also, but also, Showed, like you said, some guts and was maybe given a few more answers than usual, but mostly he had a great supporting cast and a really, really darn good defense that bailed them out in the playoffs and a really, really, really darn good offensive line. He was one of the least pressured quarterbacks in the NFL. Like if you're going to win with anybody who is not Patrick Mahomes, it has to be with a stacked roster it can't be an okay roster right middling it has to be stacked it has to be san francisco 2019 rams 2021 and here's the thing about your draft point i want to make this point because this is important to the vikings actually aiming for a super bowl and not just aiming for a first round playoff bid if you go back and look at the drafts that they had they missed on a lot of players but they also hit on a lot of players 2015 second round draft pick their starting right tackle that's a really good pick for them and somebody that they developed cooper cup in the third round is an incredible draft pick but they also draft other guys who were helpful in in these drafts like gerald uh, gerald everett has been helpful for them throughout the years i don't mean just necessarily this year brian sure. allen Brian Allen and Joseph Noteboom, two guys they picked in the first and second round of 2018, important players for them on the offensive line. Another guy who's a free agent this year who was helpful for them in the fifth round of that season. The point just being that like it took them over a number of years. Van Jefferson was a pick yes. in 2020 who was helpful. Terrell Lewis, he was helpful for them. It took them a number of years to build up this roster, to be ready to do what they did, and throw Matt Stafford into that situation and how you could design any other path for your team, any other path than the most complete roster possible is totally beyond me. And tell me how you're going to have next year, a $36 million hit this year or whatever it is, 31 and 36. How are you going to get there? And this is the fundamental problem we always had with Spielman. We're going to trade for Yannick Ngakwe and make this guy take a pay cut. Like, what like these Riley Reef. right I just looked up Harrison Phillips by the way and uh in terms of quarterback pressures he was 61st amongst defensive tackles like this is not a difference maker and it's an expensive one already three years 19 million like we're already doing this thing where you're spending money in unideal places
0: so explain this to me though so what is and I know there's plenty of moves probably to, to come but I don't understand what they're trying to do. And, like, how could you have seemingly right now this little comprehension of how you get there? Like, O'Connell just came from the Rams. They won the Super Bowl. And yes, there have been times where the Vikings should have been more proactive to make moves, but not right now. And I'm fine with that. Like, right now, Quaysey has a four year contract. Okay, so as far as I'm concerned, my selling point when I went, if I was um, him, and I went in with my big three ring binder to the Wills, I'd say, okay, four year contract. Year one, we're going to possibly take a step back. We probably won't because there's seven playoff seats now. But but I need time here. Um, so I want to get rid of Kirk. I want to get rid of a lot of of. Veteran players who tried, you know what, who had great runs here. I want to start to build. Year two, I think we can be pretty competitive and and good. And by the way, I can, Kevin and I can find you a quarterback in the 23 draft. But what I want is two first round picks going into that draft. So worst case, if I overachieve, I have two picks. And worst case, I can trade up to get one. Because if I am in typical Rick Spielman position of 14, and that's my lone pick, it's going to take a lot of work to trade up. I want that ability. I mean, I would even punt on the 2022 quarterback draft and say, let's earmark 23. There are so many ways to build this thing. So then year two and three, you're good. Uh, Year two, if you get a first-round quarterback, you probably got your starter, right? And now year four, I'm really popping. Instead, it's like they're going to go with Adolfo Mansa. They're going to go year one and two of him, Kirk. And then what? He's going to find a quarterback magically? My point is he's sort of setting himself up to fail, in my opinion. And I don't – he's a smart dude, right? Like we all think he's smart. So he's definitely not dumb enough to to be like, here's what I want to do. I want to try and fail by year three. So somebody – he's basically being ordered by somebody to do this, and I think it's the wrong plan. And and just from a logical, common-sense point of view – I don't understand how you justify this by saying, "Well, yeah, but we're competitive in 22." Are you really? And to your point too, okay, so you're competitive for a playoff spot. You're a 7 seed. I can get you a 7 seed with a different quarterback. I can get you a 7 seed. I mean, I want to be competitive for a championship. It's a very odd, it's a very odd thought process that unless there's something I totally don't see that they do, I think falls short. One of the most absurd
1: things also is just get into the playoffs and we'll see what happens. Like the no. Rams winning as a four seed is actually a major outlier as a four seed. And we know how talented they were. We just laid it out. That's something that usually doesn't happen. Usually yeah. it's the number one or number two seeds who win this year was a little weird. There was a blocked punt in green Bay. It was a snowstorm. Aaron Rodgers may or may not have choked. Um, You know, maybe he had done his cleanse before he went out to play instead of after. And then he was all messed up. I don't know, but like, it was a random and weird playoffs with lots of close games and lots of things that could have gone in other directions. Um, And that doesn't always happen. And still the four seed is, is kind of the cutoff there that, I mean, Philadelphia comes in and plays Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, half of their roster gets hurt and Philadelphia still gets the doors blown off because they're nowhere close. Right. And, And so your plan then seems to be, to do the same thing as last year, which is to just fill spots. Oh, look, we need a run-stuffing defensive tackle who fits our scheme. Okay, fill the spot. Pay this much money. So what's the plan at corner? Play Dantzler and then sign a cheap veteran? Does that not sound like Bashad Breland? So what you're saying then is that you're better at signing – cheap guys than the last guys were, (laughs) which I just don't buy. I think that bottom barrel of the basement or whatever it's called is random. Sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. It's probably like a one in four that works out really well. Mm -hmm. Xavier Woods. Okay. Worked out great. Bashad Breland, Not so much. Sheldon Richardson. Not so much. Like that's just how it goes for everyone, whoever tries to do that. And so I don't believe that they're better at spotting, free agents at at the cheapest prices than anybody else in the entire NFL. And if you're going to fill all your spots that way, I don't believe that the results will be any different just because you passed more on second down and 11. Like, I don't think that changes to get you to a four or five win threshold that you need to improve by to actually be a legitimate contender. And that's where all I, all I wanted Judd is to understand I just right. that's wanted what to get it right. I just wanted to see it. Yes, that's it. I yes. didn't need. I didn't need them to do everything that I ever said. I just need to understand why they're doing what they're
0: doing. Do you have a path? That's my only question. And you can't have two paths. And plus, you've got. I mean, my God, you've got a gift. You've got the ability to build something. And you're going to just to try to prop up. I mean, you are. You are the closest comparison for 2022. I can come with is this one you are doing what the timberwolves did with target center you are slapping lipstick on a pig tear her down pay a little extra build a palace a basketball palace no we're going to redo the concourses judge you don't understand like it's funny we grow up i think and it probably starts with our parents thinking they know what they're talking about like they're adults the these adults know what right and and you, and and you get into your 20s and you're like do they really? You know what? They do. They're adults. They're adults. I'm 52 now. I don't know crap. I don't know crap, but I know what I know. And what I know is this. The adults don't always know. And that's why I get these notes, you know, these tweets. Well, you aren't GM. The Vikings, I'm going to trust the Vikings. Are you really? Oh, are you yeah. really? Because well, I, I tell mean, you right now, I've watched record, this for a long time. The track record this. is flawless. And <laughs> and Quasi might be a really smart dude. I mean, he might be the smartest guy. I guarantee you the man is brilliant compared to judd's all get. but that being said does he really know what he's doing here because i've watched this for a long time Did, does he really know that you can't change kirk because you can't change him
1: and is he allowed to know that yeah it's another good question right that's, that's a really that's good question. question but it's not an SAT test it's not an sat test and that's that was my point is that there are people who follow the show and subscribe to the website and all that from all sorts of backgrounds Yeah, CEOs, ceos to people who uh, work blue collar jobs and everything else. And um, it's a, it's a mindset. I think it's like, you've, you've seen the patterns from the NFL and you know, from watching it for many years, what the patterns are that work. Like, I I don't think it's a, it's a math test. I think it's pattern, pattern recognition, pattern recognition is looking at the rest of the league and saying, Oh my God, the chargers just spent all this money. Where did they get it? Also everyone, all the draft geniuses that I follow on Twitter hated Justin Herbert. They all thought he was garbage as a prospect. It's a superstar. So yeah, sure. Punt on this draft class. Cause you think, you know, better. I mean, right. it's amazing. It is. It, yeah. And that's, that's a good point. And that's what I keep coming back to of this whole thing. Like, well, if this is the direction you go, none of these quarterbacks better turn out to be good. Not a single one, because if a single one does, then, then there's sort of the, whatever I don't want to say blood on your hands but like then then you've already proven that you think that you know better you know better than the draft you know better than the bottom of the barrel uh free agents you know better with Kirk than everybody did before and yet you're doing a lot of the same things so I'm not sure that you do know better let me ask you this one last question though Jen. sure the last question I have for you is from this point until the NFL draft Mm -hmm. could they do something? That would make Jud Zolgad say, oh, now I get it. Is there something you see that they could do that would make you get it? Because I, you know what's frustrating? I got to tell you, man, people will say, ah, oh, yeah, see, you were wrong about Kirk. Yes.
0: Oh, yeah, man, I love that. Like, well, look, no, man, no, I- you weren't wrong. The Vikings might be. I've, I said on Twitter t- today, have you ever considered that the Vikings are wrong? Mm, uh, they ha- they Again, to- it's the adults thing twice. There's too many adults in the world desperate to defer to adults. It's like you, you're on the same page now. You can say you're making a, a mistake and the big bad guy ain't going to come take you away. <laughs> <laughs> you're well, under arrest. Yeah. V- mean, I- Vikings police here.
1: You're, yeah, and the other thing is like, uh, you're, you know, people accusing each other of being bad fans if they don't support what they're doing. You're like, oh. what being a smart fan is bad. No, all I mean is it, it makes no difference to me, I'll be here either way, whatever they do. I just right. am telling you, uh, what I think, and that goes along with you can change my mind. And, and so, uh, a great example is I just didn't think it was going to work for the Rams with Stafford because we saw it fail with Detroit so many times with him, and then it worked. And so they changed my mind. They they showed me. Don't tell me, but show me. And I guess that's the door I want to leave open because it gets so frustrating of just being like, Judd, I don't get it. I don't get it. And then next guest tomorrow night. Hey, next guest, I don't get it. Like, do you get it? And the guest goes, no, I don't get it. And we've been doing this for years. Hey, do you think Kirk can play off schedule this year? Probably not, Matt. What do you think? They'll go eight and nine? Yup. Like, that's been our life. And I just want, show me it could be different, Judd
0: okay so i don't know that there's one definitive thing that they can do that will change my mind between now and the draft but i will say this if the plan is to start to release players veterans then i at least start to get it like if kirk is going to be held on to but they're going to let go of i mean i don't even care at this point take your pick Thielen, whose contract has to be cut down um cook i don't think he you actually, for 2022, save that much cap space, so he's not gone. But, you know, Kendrick, for instance. Um, well, here here's a question, and I'm not advocating his departure. Daniil Hunter. Like, I still haven't heard what they're going to do there the man i mean at this point in time that you cannot pay that roster bonus it can be smoothed out to a signing bonus i get that but i mean they they've definitely talked behind the scenes about trading him they've gotten calls on on him i just i don't get why they're not taking this opportunity for a good reset why they're why they're like allowing the wolves to basically submarine them because they're fans. Um, and the thing too is if you were to say, you know what, our team's not going to be as good, but we have something special here. It ain't like the wolves. U S bank stadium is not going to empty out. Right. Like it's not, Oh, Hey Matt, there's 12 people here today. Do you remember the good old days when there were 62,000 here? Um, that's not going to take place. So I just think that they're blowing an opportunity that makes a ton of sense. And football, especially, is not a five year plan. Like, this is not a, if they were to say 2022, we're going to take a step back, it wouldn't be a, well, see you in 27.
1: It never I mean, is, not if No, you do of it course, right. it, and, and it doesn't it need to be. It takes that
0: long. And, you know, the whole, off the top of the show, the whole, but what if you become the Lions or Jets? Do you know how much work you would need to do to become that bad? Like, you would have to fire everybody about three times. So don't worry about that. But, yeah, I can't. I can't help you. But what I can tell you is I think both of us have a vision for what they should do, and they're flying in the face of that. And I think that we're right. I think it comes from the top. And that's concerning because I thought one of the strengths from the top used to be they didn't pull this.
1: Yep, and uh, I guess the last thing I would say is then as we go forward, I'll give them the opportunity to change my mind. Oh yeah, um, like there's that meme where the guy's sitting at the desk and it says, "Whatever, change my I'm mind." I'm not going. Like, I'm not going away. Yep, uh, you have plenty of time to do it. I'm, However, all right, I'm in- interested. If you don't, if you go a different direction than the one that is not just supported by us, but I think is uh, very clear to a lot of fans. Um, Maybe the vast majority of fans and you, like you said, fly in the face of also the history of the recent NFL and you say, Nope, we've got the right answers. All those other teams, they were wrong. It's the meme from uh, arrested development, but maybe it'll work for us. Uh, If it does not work, uh, then they deserve to be skewered in the same exact way that Spielman and Zimmer were, but actually harsher because those guys were old football guys and they needed to be cleared out for the reason that the new smart collaborative minds come in and do it the modern way. And since they've already started off two days in not doing it the modern way, then I'm going to have to be, uh, you know, proven that it can go the other way. And also if it doesn't, that it was so foreseeable, which is always, this is always how we do it. John. Yeah, if yes. you could see it coming, yep, then first. you could get criticized for it. Yes. If so, if Mike Hughes gets hurt a bunch of times, well, sorry, that was probably a decent pick, but like bad break. But if you could see it coming and you ignored all the warning signs, then you deserve what you get in terms of criticism from the fans and us. So anyway, Amen. what a Amen. time. What 100% a time. right. Well, Judd, uh, we'll get together again soon for lunch, and I'm glad that we could do this because there was nobody that I wanted to talk with more about this. Well, I appreciate that. Thank so, you. All right. Don't tell anybody I said that. No, I won't. No, no. Hush, hush. Just between you and me. And
0: right, We'll talk later.
1: <laughs> yep.